0: Welcome to the Sports Sancho's Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company radio network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny.
1: Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I'm ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's
0: go! Yeah, baby! Wednesday night, it's time for the honchos. January 27, 2021 to be exact. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, And everybody say hello to the other honcho, Mr. Robert Cutie. How
1: are you, buddy? Greetings and salutations. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I am doing quite well. How are you, sir?
0: I'm peachy, baby. Peachy. Because I'm drinking peach seltzer, buddy. How are you doing?
1: Gross. Gross. Uh, I am not drinking peach seltzer. I like peaches, but I will tell you, as a rule, anything that's peach-flavored, it's no bueno.
0: Remember that old song by the uh, the American presidents, I think it was called? Peaches oh, the, for you.
1: Oh, God, that peaches song was terrible. What? The the presidents of the USA, the ones that yes, did Lump? Yes, yes, yes. Lump in that. Isn't Peaches oh, a John Prine song? Oh,
0: see, now you oh. got me excited
1: here. And
0: I, got, I got the jukebox over here.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Now it'd be a good time to remind everyone that uh, FCC regulations prohibit us from playing unlicensed copyrighted music.
0: I've oh, got eight God. seconds. Woo!
1: This would be Lump, not the Horrifying the Awful Peaches. Everybody, sing along.
0: Woo! She might, oh, she might be dead. That's the next person. Here it comes.
1: It's a picture, up.
0: She's sing it, Rob! She's love, uh, no.
1: That's at my crazy. age, at my age, I shouldn't be singing about lumps. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, uh, shall
0: we? <laughs> all right, buddy. Another week has gone by. The sports yep. world keeps on spinning and a churning and a turning.
1: Thank goodness it keeps turning and burning and churning and all the other words that have earning in them. Um, everyone's, earning, start, us, <laughs> everyone's earning except for us, of course. What? Everyone's earning except for us, of course. But hey, what? Oh. one day. One day. one day, one day, But thankfully, the sports world keeps on keeping on, even in these, quote, uncertain times. Uh, we always have a show for you. Yes. Political you know.
0: unrest, pandemics, <laughs> natural disasters,
1: peach flavored seltzer rolls on. <laughs> Whatever it is, we're here <laughs> for you. You know, God willing, and the creeks don't rise. We're here for you on Wednesdays.
0: So before we start talking about sports, buddy. What do you got for us uh, in the nifty, uh, newsy area here in the cold open, as we call it?
1: Um, well, I, I, as I indicated to you, I wanted to start with something serious, and no, it's not a joke. I just wanted to say that I was very gratified uh, by the response on social media that I got yesterday to the Twitter posting about my late stepfather. That was uh, yes. Sorry it was quite impressive. Yesterday would have been my stepfather's 93rd birthday. Phil Kaplan, one of the greatest men I've ever known. And I, so I threw a little tribute to him out on Twitter, and a lot of people responded very kindly, um, and it was very gratifying. So I just wanted to, for all the listeners out there that looked at it, enjoyed it, liked it, retweeted it, whatever, super sky point to you guys. love so you, buddy. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there, you know, kind of cleanse the palate a bit before we get into the wackiness and nonsense of today's show, Graham. Yes. So. Well.
0: Good stuff. Good man. So, if he took care of you, he's a good man.
1: Yep. He certainly as far as was. I'm concerned, He certainly was. All right. So, question. Two questions for you, Mr. Cuthbert. Yes. One, do you like honesty?
0: The song by Billy Joel? Absolutely. No, low. God,
1: no, no. No, no. You want no, me to vote up, too? No, no please, no. please don't. We've <laughs> lost enough listeners with the presence of the United States. <laughs> um, no, just the, the, the raw, sheer emotion of honesty.
0: I think it's important.
1: Okay. If I can Second. be honest with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll give you one of those. Second question. Yeah. Do you like Chinese food?
0: I am a huge fan of uh Asian delicacies, yes.
1: Okay. Well, I have here from the Food Network. Apparently there is a Chinese food establishment in Monreal uh called Ant Dai. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. The the proprietor the nephew of said aunt Dye, uh, Gong Fei. Again, I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciations is his menu and his restaurant have gone viral because his menus not only describe the food, but every item of the 66 page menu. Uh, and I'm going to read all 66 pages to you comes with the owner's comments about the food, about the preparation, about whether you should be eating it or not. And remember this is the one who owns the restaurant asking you for his money. And I thought this is the greatest thing I've seen in terms of the restaurant business. Because, you know, when you go into a restaurant, one thing that's super annoying is when you say to the waiter or waitress, the waitstaff, hey, uh, what's good here? And what answer do you get? Oh, everything is great. Everything can't be great. If you say to me, you know, this is terrible, this is okay, but this is really good. I'm better than uh, everything is great. Or when they give you the specials, what do you recommend? Well, I just can't decide. They're all wonderful. No. No. Too many restaurants try to fill you with that nonsense. But not Aunt die. So let me just read to you a few snippets from this Please, menu. Then. For instance, uh, this is about spring rolls. Quote, Each order has two small rolls, and as the owner, I think they are too small, but they're so good. Next. Um, Right on, man. This is, again, I'm not going to try to say the name of the dish, but it's most loved by our customers. Perfect peanut sauce. Oh, these homemade wontons. Myself, it's addictive, even if it's totally North American. By the way, as as someone born in China, most times I prefer real, authentic Chinese food over the North American version. All right. Uh, let's see. This is, um, another dish he says, I am surprised that some customers still order this plate. <laughs> in my opinion, in my opinion, our Szechuan pepper chicken salad is better than this one. Um, let's see. This is uh, curry noodles. He says it has curry flavor, but don't expect it to be so tasty, but it's a safe choice and it will make you happy. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this guy is great. Uh, this, well-known, this, is another one, this well-known North American dish uh, is well-deserved pot. Very popular, a lot of flavor. Only thing is it's better to eat it when it's still hot because it could get sticky or soggy after some time. and may not be the best item for takeout, although we do have a lot of customers ordering this one for takeout. Um, now, here's his, his, his opinion on General Tso's chicken. Um, I am no expert on North American Chinese food, but I like our General So's a lot, a lot more than what I would have thought. We use high-quality chicken breast in our own special sauce. I am really proud we have this great dish, even though deep down I hope all the items in our menu are authentic Chinese. Oops. Um, Oops. Whoopsie. Uh, The the General So's or the orange chicken, I should say, compared to our General So's chicken, this one's not that good. Anyway, I'm not a big fan of North American Chinese food, and it's your call. Uh, and then finally, well, actually not finally, this one, peanut chicken. I don't know why peanut sauce is liked by a lot of customers here about his own sauce. And let's see, my favorite one, where one, one of these items he admits he should eat in his own restaurant more because he doesn't know if the item is actually good. Here's my favorite one. This is for uh, their version of, like, chicken on a, on a toothpick on a skewer. This is a little bit spicy, more flavor of cumin, very tasty. We have to use the beef pieces. Or we used to have the beef pieces on small sticks. Wait for it. But several customers cut their lips by thinking it was some hard ingredient. Then in parentheses, they must have watched too many shows about weird Chinese food. To avoid incidents like this, no more sticks. So there you go.
0: All right. What's the name of the place again?
1: Aunt Ant Dai, D-A-I in Montreal, we are not paid endorsers of them. But if you go there, mention the honchos and they'll look at you. I'm
0: going to ask my buddy Costa, who's from
1: Montreal,
0: Montreal. if he's, if he's it, been there.
1: I mean, oh, to me, that's Montreal. just it's 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 so brilliant, you know, and, and hey, it worked because the Food Network picked up his restaurant, his menu. And, uh, and you know, dopes like us are talking about it on America's favorite new podcast.
0: Now, I want you to think of your favorite favorite eatery that you go to. And would I, you appreciate that kind of menu or you just don't want to know that much? You you don't want the owner championing
1: like that. No, no, I, I'm in. I'm in the second one. I, I really don't want to know and I, I don't want to know how the sausage is made. I just want it to be served on my plate. Excellent. So no, thank you. <laughs> okay. I appreciate honesty when other people are going to these restaurants, not when I'm going to the restaurants. Yeah. All right. So there, there you go. There you go. Thanks a lot there, Mr. CUNY.
0: Appreciate that. And uh no whenever problem. you're up in Montreal, folks, Sponsor Honchos, don't mention our name because we he, they're not a sponsor here. So
1: Yeah, you won't get twenty percent off like with Wait For It Manscaped. Free plug. Yes.
0: <laughs> but if you if you are up there, I mean it's gonna, it's okay for you to say, hey, you know, we heard about you guys on the honchos.
1: Yeah. It's and if they honchos. wanna if they wanna, you know, airmail us some of their Orange, orange chicken, which then, they don't like if, much. And then if you get the Pick, owner, be happy to have it.
0: You, you can say to him, you don't really appreciate North American sports talk shows that much.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when I do listen to them,
0: the honchos are okay. Right. You
1: know? All right. But deep down, he prefers authentic Canadian sports talk shows.
0: Yes. Good. Well, we wish him the best, and everybody up there in Montreal, enjoy some and die. All right, buddy. I, I don't think we're doing too much college stuff. But there no. is some college hoops on and, uh, you know, if we want to just jump into the scores right now, I'd love to get Mr. Cooney's, uh, you know, quick little uh, commentary on this. Virginia Tech is beating up Notre Dame. 28-18 in the first, man. It's early. What do anytime,
1: you think? Anytime Notre Dame's on the losing end of a score, count me as happy. Yeah. Here's my take on college basketball. Some teams are winning. Yet. I'm not
0: done yet. Wait oh, till I'm sorry. done. sorry. Okay. All right.
1: It's more Creighton scores. Creighton
0: is uh, down four to Seton Hall right now in the first. Buck 36 left. What do you think about that? Oh, Saint up 48-41. Uh, this is real time college hoop scores right now.
1: Creighton, didn't they name their rename their team the Barrels? Uh, no. Nah, the that Creighton Barrels. <laughs> 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 terrible. Oh.
0: We are not funny. Oh, your alma mater, Penn State, is down 10 to Ohio State. 216 left in the first. Son's of bitches. Oh, Rob. <laughs> what do you think there, huh?
1: I'm, I'm rageful. What do you mean? Rageful. How do I feel? Yeah. All right.
0: Coming up a little <laughs> later on at 9 p.m. on the Eastern Coast, there is Kansas State we will be playing Baylor. Wisconsin will be playing Maryland. Whoa, buddy. Hey now. Your hey, Maryland's. There, uh, don't you?
1: Maryland's having a
0: good year. And then Louisville will be playing Clemson. So. Uh, Outstanding. And oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Miami now is also down to FSU 77-56, and it's 305 left in the second now. Give me your take. The Governor DeSantis.
1: Governor DeSantis bowl. Um, yes. My take on college basketball is some some teams will win. Some will lose. Some will move up the rankings. Some will move down the rankings. Give me a call as we get closer to tournament time. I was going to say it's too early. Yeah. Don't get all excited. College basketball fans. Nothing but, is set in stone.
0: Think of the people who were just skimming through either, you know, Twitter or, you know, Spreaker or some live thing and they saw that we were on live and they just came across that segment at the same time. They were thinking, I don't know what the scores are right now.
1: We'll give you live scores. In fact, if you want, we have our own special. I don't, Paul doesn't even know about this yet, but I'm, this is a surprise for all of our shows listeners. We will provide live breaking sports news and scores on demand, so get pen and paper ready. It's 911. Uh, and yes. tell the operator, mention honchos when the operator picks up the phone, <laughs> and you'll get 20% off your jail sentence. And
0: please tape that when you do it so we can hear the response right. of the
1: operator. We'll put you on the air at for, you know, no additional charge. And you agree to be used in our promotional material. By dialing the Sports On Show's helpline.
0: All right, and uh, we're going to talk a little Notre Dame football next week. Next from, week, uh, the the uh, the text emails and uh, Falcon that I got from Go Sports Media Company uh, yeah. upstairs people. That's next yeah. week. Okay, next week. So that means, buddy, it's time to head to the hardwood, the rinks, and the hot stove. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Want you to clap, Rob? All right, good stuff. So we got all kinds of stuff going on. NHL, NBA is rocking and rolling. Ah, here we go. Put your hands together.
1: I'm just gonna. Hot stove
0: is cooking and MLB. It's one of my favorite parts of the show here because we get to talk some puck, which is my favorite. Right. But, uh, We've had a lot of fun with the Yankees and the Mets, baby, the amazing Mets the last couple of weeks.
1: Yep. Thanks for and making news here.
0: Uh, New York is, is a town has been been just, just
1: spectacular. New York is just a town that doesn't make much news, so I'm happy they're getting some publicity.
0: Yes. All right, <laughs> buddy. Let's see what we got here.
1: You were which? Do you want to start ice, hardwood, or grass?
0: Let's go. Let's go to the ice. No. Well. All right. It, let's go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um.
1: You pick. Well, I mean, look. The the big news around here, of course, in terms of uh, hockey, is not the Capitals,
0: New Jersey, third jersey. Is
1: Is the who's who's not playing? No, around here in Washington, D.C., Washington, as uh, you know, three players, four players, you may have heard of: Elias Samsonov, Dmitry Orlov, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and some geezer. Some old toothless guy named Alex Ovechkin, Ovechkin, I think his name is. I don't know. I think he used to play hockey when he was younger. But those dopes, because they couldn't control themselves in a hotel room without masks, have been sitting on the pine for a little over a week now at the cost of 100 large to the Washington Capitals. Now, yeah, I realize that they're still in first place despite missing their top winger, their top defensive, their top goaltender, gold and their second one. line center. Yes. Undefeated. Not untied, but undefeated in first place in the, wait, let me make sure I get the sponsor right, the Mass Mutual East. Despite missing these players. So LaViolette seems to be doing a pretty pretty good job in this vitek Vanacek backup. Pretty good, which is good because otherwise they're going to wheel out 2000 year old Craig Anderson, uh, if we don't get Samsonov back soon. So, you know, the first team really to get hit individually with these COVID protocol penalties. We've had, again, we've talked about this already games being postponed and moved and players going on the shelf because of COVID 19. But this is the first real shot against a team and individual players for violating the protocols. And the NHL is not fooling around. Look, you want to know how to handle a sports league during the coronavirus, you know, for the next pandemic? Look to the NHL. Man, they do it. They do it right. They don't care. Big star or not, you violate it, hit the bricks. And well, so they're about out. The con-
0: controversy around this thing? And Alex's wife was not happy. They they'd think they yeah. were single now because they were Ruskins.
1: Right. Because it's, you know, 1986 (laughs) and uh, Sylvester Stallone is the commissioner of the NHL and Ivan Drago, (laughs) the great Dolph Lundgren, you know, is is the head of the Players Union. Yeah, I I heard all that chatter that this was, you know, somehow they were being singled out and Mrs. Ovechkin, after years of medical school training, had this whole tweet about antibodies and conspiracy theories. And, uh, you know, here's the deal.
0: Hey, buddy! You're, conspiracy you're, you're, theories are very, very popular these days. I
1: know. I, I nothing against you know conspiracy theorists. Just stay you know in your basements. But you know you, you're paid a lot of money to play a game, and they ask you, hey, don't be in a hotel room without a mask with someone who's had COVID. Otherwise, you got to sit, and I think they're sitting until Saturday. Maybe Saturday or Sunday is the first game I they'll would, be eligible to return. Uh, it's guys, just it's
0: those guys. Not, not too much asked. to ask. Those guys should wait until they start
1: losing. <laughs> well, at this rate, they'll you know we'll see you in May. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know who's it, not it,
0: happy about this?
1: The rest of the NHL. No, who's who's um, not happy about this?
0: The Icelandic fans are not happy.
1: Well, You mean the um? Hold on, uh, let me see. I'm looking, scrolling, scrolling through the Mass Mutual East. Oh, there they are! There they are in seventh place. I won't say Perhaps who's lobby looking up at the down. Islanders.
0: I I saw one guy on Twitter say the Hershey Bears last night.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and I mean, they the
0: fans a living that they lost. To that, we squad still have a
1: few night. good players. Actually, I don't think Tom Wilson also played last night because of. COVID concerns. He was not one of the big four in that hotel room. But, yeah, look, we're, we're just, it seems like after, again, we don't want to get too excited after uh, seven games. Oh, I would get excited. That lobby – They're the way.
0: Hey, look, we're one-eighth of the season. For the Caps. This is even better for the Caps, right? They get the rest of the vets here. They take it easy for a while. Let the no-names play for a little bit. Top of the league, you know, undefeated. Right. Just walking away with it, man. It's over. The parade is coming back to DC and then the announcement of the the third jersey yesterday. Come on. Hey, I don't release a jersey like that unless you know you're gonna win the Stanley Cup Championship. Okay, so
1: truth be told, I'm going to admit something to you. I'm actually doing tonight's show and the rest of them from a lawn chair on Constitution Avenue. I've already staked out my spot for the parade. I'm ready. It's a little chilly out here. (laughs) and uh you know Capitol police and mall security have been walking by giving me the evil eye but uh yeah i mean there's some excitement but again first of all as a caps fan you really don't get all that excited until you're actually hoisting a, a trophy of some sort um
0: come on, get excited they're, i mean they're going nuts up in toronto the leafs are us uh, but, but it's, it's it's way two. too early
1: it's we're eighth of the way into the season come on i mean hey, it's games trending in the 50, well 60, Lavia let's, season
0: Laviolette's so doing much.
1: something right. It says nothing. It says we're you Well, know, you better tell the Ranger fans.
0: Teams. The Ranger fans are losing their shit down here in New York. Or I should say yeah, up here.
1: You're down yeah, you there. Have, you have one win. Huh? You have one win. Yeah, it was weeks <laughs> ago. But uh, Again, it doesn't matter. It's seven. Well, for you, it's six games in. You'll be all right.
0: <sighs> well, we're all going to be
1: okay.
0: Have you been watching the team? Have you watched any games?:
1: uh, listen, until I know you're in football, I you're in season, football mode, but yeah, I, I read about them, I follow some of the highlights, but set down to actually watch a game, not yet. I do you my haven't. deep dive into hockey once the Super Bowl is over. You haven't watched any puck yet.
0: You've got two weeks bef- between the game now. Hey, what man. are you just going to watch Tom Brady highlights all week?
1: I'm, I'm devoting myself. I watch game films so I can prepare you're for these uh, a these podcasts.:
0: Blackhawks at right now.
1: Yeah, I know. This is my favorite hat. I don't, it's not because of the team. I just so love this hat. You're
0: a pretender. You're a hockey pretender is what you are.
1: I mean, as a as a, as a Blackhawks fan, yes, I'm a pretender. I don't like the Blackhawks, but I like this hat. This hat makes people angry, which is another good reason to wear it. Right. What can I tell you? All right. There's only Sorry, room you. in my life for one woman at a time, and right now her name is the Niffle. The Niffle. <laughs> That sounds disgusting. So good, anyway, good. as
0: far as the caps and the COVID, uh, you're okay with um, the league here, management, how they've handled this, sending a message. Uh, sure, you know they're all. I mean, sure, in I could and, be, like, and partying. you know that's what they're doing. Of
1: I could be like any mouth breathing hockey fan and say, "Oh, it's unfair. They're targeting our team." Blah blah blah. No, this is not that case. You know, I, this is for once I agree with the hammer that's come down on my team. All right. I'm okay how's, with it. Uh,
0: how's Grandpa Char doing? Oh, I can't ask you because you haven't watched any games yet. Oh, horrible. Anyway, I watched a great game last night after the strangers went and lost to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, the, uh, in, in the Battle of New the Calgary York. Flames <laughs> in their gorgeous... Uh, 1980-something retro red flame jerseys, which they... And sure they're Lanny
1: McDonald specials? Yes,
0: they are gorgeous. Yes. Don't ever get rid of them. By the way, the Sabres royal blue jerseys, whoo, that's Circa LaFontaine and McGill in the early 90s. Keep that, too. That shit
1: is beautiful.
0: So, anyway... Yeah, I don't
1: like the black and red combo. Meh. Get, get out
0: of here. I had a little fun there for a little while. Um, but anyway... um. Rangers-Buffalo game, two teams kind of struggling, you know, finding their way. Lots of young talent, all that other stuff. The game wasn't all that really great and even more so being a Rangers fan. But I switched on over to the NHL Network and Sportsnet, and they had the Flames and the Leafs playing. What a game. I mean, just phenomenal hockey, back and forth. Uh, Johnny Hockey, a couple goals. Him and uh, Moynihan there on uh, Calgary, a lot of fun to watch. And then, of course, you have all the stars there in Toronto, who are actually playing well now, you know, whether it's Matthews and Tavares and Boyd popping in last night, getting his first goal, um, you know, without um, Joe Thornton, who just joined. Um, he's out now indefinitely. And Wayne Simmons is playing for them now, too. And, man, he's just a wrecking ball. He popped one in last night, too. But the game back and forth, it was just some some great hockey. And, and what I'm hearing and, and, you know, the vibe is, is that the Canadian teams, and if you look at the scores here, a lot of goals, a lot of excitement. Uh, Montreal playing well, a uh, big trade here between Columbus and, and, um, Winnipeg, which I want to get your thoughts on real quick before we move on here. Um, but there's a lot of action going on up, up, up North, uh, a lot of fun stuff. And I think for the, for their country up there, it's gotta be pretty cool. They're breaking, uh, viewership records in terms of tuning in and stuff. So, um, you know, the hockey has been pretty good. And then, you know, in terms of watching, uh, you know, which teams are going to, uh, you know, break out of there. You got Vancouver playing pretty well, and, and Ottawa's doing okay. And, you know, right now they're, you know, like I said, we're 6-8 games in. It's not much of a big deal in terms of where they're standing. Um, but, um, you know, just the buzz and the just the history of all these teams, you know, strictly playing each other, which, yes, relates down to us down here. You know, Rangers and Islanders and Flyers fans and Caps fans, we've been playing each other for years, you know what I'm saying? Granted, up in Canada, the cross-country play but in divisions, but the fact that they're actually playing each other exclusively right now as a country is just a lot of fun. So, um, Rob, start watching some hockey. I know you got to wait for <laughs> football to end, but you're missing out. It's, it's some pretty good stuff. Anyway, um, did you hear about uh, the two guys, uh, Columbus and Winnipeg, two guys that weren't uh, Pat Lalani? And
1: uh, DuBois. Dubois, Dubois, yes, uh,
0: Dubois. And, and maybe we could just have a real quick conversation on on. And we were doing this last week with Curie um, on the, on the Nets, like you know the the prima donna is not happy with the contracts, not happy where they're playing, you know, don't want to play there anymore, and everything else. Um, what's your take here on? Did you hear about this trade? And then just in general, a quick take on 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 players, you know. If they're not happy, they just kind of sit there and stink and and then they force a trade and they put their organization, their coaches and their teammates in tough situations.
1: I don't know about the Dubois situation, but the Lane situation, it it sounded like the team couldn't figure out how to use him. (laughs) Well, they couldn't figure out what to do with this guy. You know, number two pick in the draft 2016, uh, certainly producing at a high level. And then they just don't know what to do with him. So, and I got rid of him. I'm not sure it's really him forcing his way uh, out, but um, in terms of players moving, look, I'm here's how I am about players wanting to move and players wanting bigger contracts. You get the contract, you get
0: happy where they are and pouting.
1: Yeah, look, you. I I think what ultimately happens is owners. And I I blame most of this on owners than I do players. Owners, especially in the NBA, but certainly in the NHL, and to a lesser extent baseball and football, they can't stomach the idea of paying a player that they're punishing. So if a player is unhappy, if a player is pouty and moody and wants their way out and is publicly complaining about the team, instead of saying, all right, you know what? I'm just going to put you on the bench. I'm going to deactivate you or whatever the language is for the particular sport. And, and you'll just sit there. I don't have to trade you. You know, you do have a contract. You are saying you are under contract with us for X number of years. And I don't mind sitting you on the bench and writing you a check for doing nothing until you become a team player. Now I understand that that makes no sense, but if players are able to dictate the terms of their contracts and who they, for whom they play, then ownership has very little power and contracts will become meaningless because players will say, I signed a big five-year deal, for instance, but I'm unhappy, so get rid of me. And I'm not going to play to the best of my abilities uh, until, you get rid of it, until you do trade me. And then the team is held hostage and ultimately for the teams, the trade value is lessened Because everybody around the league knows, hey, this guy wants out and you're desperate to move him. So it's a very bad look. It's a bad look with with what James Harden did. Um, And that happens in the NBA all the time. Players move whenever they want. And sometimes it's about the contract. And look, if you sign a contract for big money, or let's say medium money, and you've outperformed it, great. That's a bonus for the team. And the next time a contract comes up, you'll be rewarded. But sadly... When players underperform their contract, the team never gets any of that money back. That's the risk both sides take when they sign a contract. Maybe you'll play above expectations. Maybe you'll play below. But you're still getting the money, especially in guaranteed contracts, which they don't have in the NFL and they have in baseball and basketball. Um, So it's just it's a bad precedent. I think owners bear a lot of the responsibility for caving. I understand you want to return on your investment, but the precedent you're setting the long, it's always the short-term sacrifice for long-term gain, which nobody seems to be able to grasp. It's going to hurt putting, you know, Patrick Lane or Dubois on the bench and saying, suck it up. It hurt, you know, Montreal. I'm sure it would have hurt them to keep Patrick Wah on the bench 35 years ago. Rather than shipping him out to Colorado and seeing him win another couple cups. But you got to do it. you got to put your foot down. Say, you're under contract. You don't like it? Okay, I'm going to pay you, but you're going to sit. And then maybe players will think twice about whining and pouting their way out of a team. And, and if, as another team, if, a play, if you're the Nets, if James Harden did this to Houston, what's to stop from doing it to Brooklyn? You know? Yeah, what's to stop in. these guys? You don't just suddenly become a non-diva overnight you you get your way
0: rampant these days or do you think this has pretty much just been the same way for for the last couple of decades and then the other thing i was going to say is um um actually answer that question because i can't
1: remember what i was going to say okay as the money gets bigger i mean i think it's been more prevalent i mean i don't i'm thinking back now to my life as a sports fan Obviously, I've recalled there's been a lot of divas, but this kind of forcing your way out. I mean, again, I referenced the Patrick Waugh thing, but that was when that happened. I was like, this is unusual. I don't rec- I didn't recall a guy forcing his way off a team like that. Uh, I'm sure there were trades of big players, but it was never precipitated by player unhappiness. Player well, X. There was thing, a lot of that went on that that. Well, no, that yeah, I'm saying that was that one that. stands that one stands out you know letting him sit there and get shelled for five or six goals before being pulled because the coach didn't like him but I mean in general I don't remember recall that happening years ago now it seems to happen especially with these big 40 million 45 million Supermax NBA deals you know you'd think that's a good contract and it has some weight and validity and now players Anthony Davis, forced his way into a trade. James Harden forced his way into a trade. It seems to happen on a regular basis now, and I think it's because the money is just to the point where it's it's empowering athletes to say, you've given me $45 million. Ask yourself who's really more important, me or you? I guess me or the rest of the team. Obviously, the owner is more important because he's the guy writing the checks.
0: Well, that was my other question that I remember that I was going to ask that I'd just forgotten about before or I remember, remembered that I, now I know what it is that I'm going to ask you because I forgot before, but now
1: I remember. <laughs> oh, that was a very long explanation. You, do you still remember what you were going to say after that long build up? You brought up that you believe the owners are to blame here.
0: They have now, to bear some responsibility, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other question, too. Most of these owners seem to, they will undercut each other. Yeah. They're just waiting for this guy to fall off of that team, so they can. I, I'll sign him. You don't want to give him that ridiculous contract, or you want to. You don't want to deal with his his divaness and everything else. I'll take him. Yeah, so I, then well, it, it kind of nobody wins in this situation as as far as the owners are concerned because, right? They know the other guys are waiting in, in the closet, or you know they're rubbing their hands, going, "Oh, having some trouble there, huh? All right, well, we'll take him."
1: Well, the worst part is you would think that at least the owners could say, "All right." You want to be traded? I'm going to trade you to an outpost where your career will just be mired in mediocrity. Instead, they let the players like say, the well, Baltimore here's Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> All right, zip it. Yeah, we're going to trade James Harden to the Baltimore Now, that would be funny. We're trading James Harden to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, instead of letting players say, Not only do I want out of this team, but here's my list of demands. Here's my hostage demand. I will stop holding you hostage if you send me to these three or four teams. And again, the owners capitulate and they can't then ex- expect players to behave any differently. And, and I understand, I say players, 99% of the players in these leagues, you know, they're, they're happy with their contracts and they're happy where they are. And every team has every team, like every family has its inner turmoil and squabbles, but we don't, it's, it's a very t- small number of people forcing their way off of teams. I mean, look, you see it with Deshaun Watson in the NFL, even though he hasn't officially said it, his actions suggest he wants to be somewhere else. And I'm not going to get into the reasons behind why players want to leave, but anytime a player wants to get out of his contract and wants to leave, barring something, some scandal or some possibly criminal activity on the part of the team for which they play, I, you got to look at it. You know, with the jaundiced eye, and say, "What are you doing here? You agreed to play." And especially when you like Watson, where you just signed a big contract extension an hour and a half ago, and now you want to leave. You know, it's again the money not gets a lot bigger. Of honesty going on here? No,
0: no, they're the definitely the not tonight, right?
1: an Dyes Restaurant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, except Ant Dyes. Yeah. Well, so. with that, as far as you think. These players in the NBA, these divas, these
1: and the NFL, still, anywhere.
0: All right, but I want to I want to shift. We, we, you, you brought up the COVID with the caps earlier, mm-hmm. and now the commissioner in the NBA, Silver, says that they're discussing uh, COVID-19 vaccinations of the players as public service announcements. How do you right. think that's going to go, buddy?
1: Well, I, I think it's a great idea because um, the – the, uh, the the African-American community has been underserved so far in the, the vaccination process. I shouldn't say underserved. There are less people getting vaccinated, less people of color getting vaccinated in this country. And part of it is not that we're going to try to compare the two eras, but there's a history in this country of, you know, vaccines. I'll put this in quotes that nobody can see, but... Our our country's history with vaccines and people of color is is not as just as bad as some of the other history in terms of civil rights and such. So there's a suspicion, especially in the older committee community, that's been around and seen some of this towards vaccines. And so not only is is the NBA have this issue of we want to be a model to get the country as a whole to be vaccinated, but we have a responsibility to show that our league, which is predominantly made up of people of color, that this vaccine is safe and it's good and it's okay and it should be something you should take. The problem is the head of the NBA Players Association, Michelle Roberts, um, said, you know, you can't, said to Silver, you can't unilaterally make your players, even though you have good intentions, you can't make them get – a vaccine um, and she herself is hesitant uh, individually to get the vaccine. So if she's hesitant, her players are not all up on board with getting the vaccine and and we won't quibble with their reasoning. So that's, it's a good idea, but that's going to be very difficult. I applaud his, his, his effort, but you can't, he has to be very careful. He has to make sure this is something that the players union wants to do And if he tries to unilaterally say, look, you can't play unless you get the vaccine, then we're going to have a problem, which I don't know that he can actually do legally. So he's got to this is a great initiative as long as he works hand in hand with the union and Michelle Roberts. You said that he was
0: saying if you don't get the vaccine, you can't play.
1: No, no. I'm saying he hasn't said that. What I'm saying is he has this idea, again, a great idea, good intentions. But he can't force it on the players he can't say to the players and i hope he doesn't try this you can't you can't say look unless you get vaccinated you can't play i don't know if he can do it even legally i, I have no idea but that kind of heavy-handed approach is only going to backfire all right now so i that, hope
0: flip that around real quick how are mm-hmm. they going to do that for fans i mean all right so if, we're going to separate two things here There, okay. testing right right and vaccines so obviously this is the, a discussion they're having. Right. I don't think that's ever going to happen. They're never going to agree to do this.
1: To you the might, vaccines.
0: Yeah. You might get a handful okay. of them. Players say, hey, right. look, we'll agree. And maybe the, you know, the players union, she says, hey, look, you know, anybody wants to do this. God bless you. More power to you. It's a positive thing. But it can't be mandated because not everybody right. wants to do it. And I don't believe that'll happen. So you flip that around. Now, But, but I guess all NBA players have to be tested. It has to be COVID ne- negative to play, right? right? So I'm just—it was just popping in my head. Well, well, how do you do that on the other side? If the if the, if our federal government here and our state governments here are, are trying to get everybody vaccinated, with the hopes that this is uh, going to get us back to normal in some right. shape or form. And granted, like I said, you are going to have a percentage of the population that you know, whether it's the African American. Um, Community or even just there's a lot of people in, in all communities that are anti-vaccine, you know, vaccination, everything else. Um, I, I believe there's there's been stories of healthcare workers on the front lines that don't want to take it. Yep. So I'm just kind of curious, uh, you know, with this kind of discussion, which is all part of COVID. It just it is what it is. It's you know, we, we talked about this right. last week. It's just going to keep coming up on the shows until it goes away.
1: And I, mean, I, I forgot and hopefully to mention we'll but have it.
0: memories about it. But I, I was just kind of thinking, like, you know, well, how are they going to flip that? Obviously, fans getting back into the arenas, they're not going to ask, hey, have you been vaccinated? They're just mm-hmm. going to say, are you negative or positive? Man, the logistics of this is just
1: going to be outrageous. right. I, I, I want to mention <clears throat> I didn't mention this before. Michelle Roberts herself is black, so she's that's why she's hesitant. And that's why she has to seriously consider how she's going to approach this with the union, how she's going to push for it. I mean, I wouldn't want to be her in that situation. Um. Yeah, the testing and the vaccines are two different animals. You can certainly, as a league, and say to your players and say to fans coming in, uh, either you have you have to show that either you've been vaccinated, I'm talking about the fans, or you've been tested. You can't just walk in and without any sort of uh, proof of one or the other, that you've had an, either a negative test in the last 24, 48, 72 hours, whatever it is, or the vaccine. Uh, otherwise then the league is certainly within its rights to say, if you don't meet those two criteria, we can't have you come in. Um, Even if it's, or saying, okay, well, if you haven't had the test, here's the the rapid antigen test, uh, get here early and we'll make you, we'll take, give you the test and make you wait 45 minutes. And then we'll let you into the arena. If it comes up negative, that's different than forcing people, whether fans or players, uh, to get vaccinated. So, speaking of which, a couple things the NBA on a less serious note is doing. Uh, the NBA is now <laughs> moving team security to the midcourt area to dissuade violations that include hugging and handshakes. So, yes, you read that correctly or heard that correctly. The NBA is. Considering putting security mid-court to prevent people from hugging and handshaking. Because as of the week of January 13th and 19th. During,
0: during the breaks in the quarters and the halves or during the games?
1: I think it's probably, well, I don't think they can do it during the game. That'd be no, disruptive. No, it's a whole
0: bunch of nonsense. These guys are uh, banging up against each other. They're breathing on each other. There's sweat flying all over the place. This handshake and hug and stuff. Let it go.
1: So, uh, OK, they so uh, the re- teams to remain the requiring teams to remain on their half of the court in pregame and halftime warmups limits physical contact, including elbow or fist bumps, high fives, hugs and handshakes aren't allowed, nor are extended postgame conversations. And last week, the NBA had 11 new positive cases out of 502 players, and they've postponed so far 17 games. Yes, I, I've heard that argument, too. Well, they're you know, they're 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 making contact with each other. Um but I think what, what they're trying to do, and again, it's it's you know you're the little Dutch boy putting your finger uh, in the dam there while the water is flowing over the top, is look, we can't we're not going to cancel games. We know there's going to be incidental contact in a sport like basketball, a sport like hockey. But we can stop extended contact. we can whatever we can prevent, whatever close contact we can prevent we, the NBA, we're going to do. We can't stop everything. We can't plug every hole. But these but these particular ones, whatever we can do, we're going to do. And again, I know, it seems ridiculous. But they're trying to do whatever they can.
0: I wonder if, some of it is just, if most of it is just for show.
1: I'm sure a lot of it is for show. Here's the other big piece of news. It's like, okay, if separate
0: these guys at halftime pregames, and then all of a sudden... They are all over each other during the game.
1: But again, if you can, it's it's like in the NFL. They're not wearing masks on the field when they're in a scrum over a fumble. But, you know, on the sideline, they have to wear a mask. Yes, it's for show, but it's also there's only but so much the leagues can do that they can control. So you control what you can and don't worry about the things you can't control. You know, that whole, you know, serenity prayer. Um, If you're going to a Miami Heat game, Speaking of COVID, if you're planning and they're they're allowing uh, two thousand fans in the heat into their arena,
0: come on!
1: If you're going, if you're going, get ready for some sniffing dogs to greet you there. Uh, That's right; they will have coronavirus sniffing dogs at American Airlines Arena this year. I
0: heard about this. I don't believe the dogs can sniff coronavirus.
1: All right, so the coronavirus sniffing dogs. Uh, uh, yes, a and video in fact, at the end of this article from ESPN.com, there is a scientific study. I don't know if it's you know, bullshit or not, but there is a, some sort of study. Hey, maybe it's the same people that did the beard study from last week. Okay, uh, The coronavirus sniffing dog ideas and put into place at airports in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, and Helsinki. Well, there you go. Uh, in recent months, all right, so at Heat Games, the fans arriving for the game will be brought to a screening area. And the direct the detection dogs will walk past. If the dog keeps going, this, this is great. If the dog keeps going, the fan is cleared. If the dog sits, uh, that's a sign uh, it detects the what virus. If it likes, the you, or you smells, you,
0: likes your cologne, your perfume.
1: What if it just likes what you? If what you if you have just a dog roll yourself? Your
0: own dog. You know, dogs go right. crazy when you're with another
1: dog. Um, and then this is if a fan is allergic to or afraid of dogs. Uh. I like this. The Heat are offering an option to skip the dog screening and submit to a rapid antigen test. Instead, the Heat say those tests can be processed in less than 45 minutes. Uh, Also, a health screening questionnaire will be mandatory for all guests. Masks must be worn continually. And here's why fans will not be going, not the dog sniffing or the Corona sniffing dogs. Only soda and water will be sold. All transactions will be cashless, and if a fan feels ill during a game, isolation rooms will be available. Now, here's the study. A German study. Ah, the Germans. Found, last year found that dogs were right 94% of the time when it came to coronavirus detection. I'm sure you can Google that study. I don't like it. I don't believe it, and I don't like it. Again, it's as you said. It's for show. It's to make people feel more comfortable. We got to get, like I said, we got to get people in there. We got to start trying something. Get, you know, rise up, get into the arena, see how it works. My huffing and puffing here is just thinking of them in the boardrooms. (laughs) Going, what are we? Can you imagine? How about about dogs? dogs? (laughs) Yeah, I have an idea. Let's see. I have a dog. My dog likes to sniff my crotch. Uh, What if we could use the same technology? To weed out people with coronavirus. Ah, it's, what a what a brilliant idea! It's like those old that old beer commercial, people going brilliant. All
0: right, good luck.
1: So All let's, right, let's write
0: move, this. <laughs> move on to some baseball here and some uh, Hall of Fame and some hot stove. A little bit on that. And uh, unfortunately, we mentioned this last week. <laughs> Since we started this show, we've been losing a lot of senior. Hall of Fame baseball players. Yeah, and, so many uh, Hall
1: of Famers. So we're,
0: we, we're thinking of changing our name to the Death Honchos.
1: Or just canceling the show because yeah, it until seems like yeah. until either they're all dying naturally or <laughs> people stop dying, one of the two. Um, Willie Mays, uh, if you're friends of Willie Mays, family of Willie Mays, you might want to go and give him a hug. Call him and tell him you love him. So, uh, yeah, we lost one the of the great. Titans. The great. Henry Aaron. Just, I mean, we could spend our entire hour and a half on Hank Aaron. Um, I think the most impressive thing uh, on the field, 3,000, there are two people in this club, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, a 300 batting average. It's Hank Aaron and the aforementioned Willie Mays. And that's the list. I mean, that's quite impressive just by itself. If you just, if that was the whole story to be written on Henry Aaron, that would be enough. But all the, all the, the stats and figures and, and awards mean nothing when you talk about what he had to put up with off the field. You know, Henry Aaron came up in the fifties, sixties, and early seventies when, I mean, things are bad from a race relationship, race relations standing now, but at the height of the civil rights movement in this country in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you had Henry Aaron, a black man from the South, chasing one of the most revered records in sports, Babe Ruth, 714 home runs, uh, a white man, very popular, nothing against Babe Ruth. Um, but there were many people who not only didn't like the idea of the record being broken just because, but they didn't like the idea of the record being broken by a black man. And so you're Henry Aaron and you're out there playing games in the South. Remember he finished his career in Atlanta. You, he was getting death threats, death threats. I mean, try to imagine What you do for a living is you play a game. You're a baseball player. You're very popular. You're very good at your sport. What you do doesn't hurt anybody. It brings joy to millions. It rallies people together. It binds communities. You are part of the fabric of the city for which you play. And what is your reward for for doing nothing except being really, really good at your job is to get death threats. If you break the record, I'm going to kill you. I mean, you can Google the notes. Henry Aaron saved them all. You can see the kinds of backwoods, asinine reactions that he got. I mean, when he, when he hit his, his 715th home run, there's that famous video of people you know, running out in the field to congratulate him. And I'm sure Henry Aaron thought, that's it. That's the end of me. Those death threats are coming true, but they just wanted to come out and run the bases with him and congratulate him, which is great to see because the two people that came out to meet him were white. Look, the overwhelming majority of people loved Henry Aaron. But, you know, you, ask, you know, we, we talked a, a little bit ago about players being divas and whining their way out of situations and not being happy in their teams. How many of them are getting death threats for chasing a record? And it's not even, he was so humble. It wasn't as though he set out from day one in the ni- in the fifties, and said one day I'm going to be the home run king. Hmm? He just went out and did his job. All he wanted to do was be good at his game, and he was. And I don't know about you, Mister Cuthbert, but to me, 755 is still the all time home run record. Barry Bonds can shove his home runs into a sack. I agree. Okay, I, I realize it says he hit seven sixty something, but no. No, no, there's only one home run king. There's two home run kings. There's Henry Aaron and there's the babe. That's the 700 club. That's it. That's the list. So if you want to remember Henry Aaron, remember that he did something. He had to fight not only the players on the other team had to play against them, but he had to, the biggest opponent he faced was just sheer racism and ignorance. So for that, uh, he'll. He's. He, that alone gets him in the Hall of Fame, in my book. No doubt.
0: Hey, look. There is no doubt that Hank Aaron had a huge pair of balls. He did. Right now, it's time. Speaking of balls.
1: Speaking of balls, everybody.
0: It's time to talk about our sponsor. Manscaped. Oh, that's
1: what, such such a such an odd segue. Hold on. Allow me to prepare myself.
0: Manscaped. For all you guys. Uh, down there take care of business that's right if you feel yourself you have a nice big pair of balls well if you Bob's got gonna you, got tell Henry you Aaron. how Henry to take Aaron. care nice of it balls. from our that's sponsors right. from manscaped
1: hey everybody support for the show for the sports honchos is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools let me read that Not like Elvis throwing my words at the end of his life. Manscaped offers you precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Friends, when you are in nothing but your boxers and briefs, does it look like you are smuggling Bruno Mars or Sideshow Bob through airport security? If so, then you, my friends, need Manscaped. You know, grooming ourselves south of the equator can be a thorny and Sometimes painful exercise, whether using a chainsaw, a nail file, perhaps a little pair of cuticle scissors, or my personal favorite, the rusty menorah. Either way, you want to be careful with how you groom yourself down there, of which we do not speak. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Oh, yes, the Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including the new and improved. Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge. You see what they did there? A cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And we all know those can be painful. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. You know, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And as I always say, if you're spending 90 minutes down there, you need some high quality products when you're in the jungle. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Good times. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Manscaping grooming. in the dark, baby. Again, talk about living really on the edge. You really want to have a well lit room when you're doing that activity. <laughs> and they've also upgraded to a seven thousand, not a six thousand. No 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke, hey now, technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient cr- charging dock powered by USB technology. Hey, if you're listening to me speak right now, I am. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and free shipping. Don't and sleep on free the free shipping. Free shipping, Rob. Code HONCHOS at manscaped.com and say it with me, make your testes their besties. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code honchos. H O N C H O S at manscaped.com. Yes, that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code honchos, your balls. Well, thank you. That's H O N C H O S. And once again, your balls. Well, thank you.
0: There you go. Good job there. And again, great thanks to the people at Manscaped sponsoring the honchos. You know, sometimes yes, people refer happy. to their balls as their honchos. Yikes! <laughs> now, now you're never gonna look at our show. Uh, nope. The same way. Oh, I.
1: I may need a vacation now. <laughs> <laughs> All good, buddy. All buddy.
0: Alright, so to wrap up with this little stuff here on the on the hot, uh the hall of fame here, um your good friend, Mr. Kurt Schilling. Um, <laughs>
1: <yes>. <laughs> good Lord.
0: <laughs> uh he's been uh Man, he could be the dope of the week every week on this show if you wanted, buddy. All right? You just say I, the word.
1: <laughs> he's such so insufferable. First of all, the Hall of Fame this year is is nobody got voted in, zero, zilch, Bupkis. If you're still waiting to hear who got in, keep waiting till next January. Um, this is the first time since I have the stat. Ah, uh, no new players. For the first time since the Kennedy administration will be entered into Cooperstown. During the period from 1958 to 1960, only one person was selected. So it's been a while. Um, now, it won't be a personless ceremony this year. Last year's inductees, uh, Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, etc., cetera, uh, will be inducted this year because obviously we're in the midst of the pandemic. And so the ceremony this year will feature the 2020 Hall of Fame class and not the 2021 class, because there is no Hall of Fame class um, for 2021. You can say maybe they didn't want to clog up the stage with steroid-era guys while we had Mr. Baseball himself, Derek Jeter, on the podium. I don't believe that's true at all. Um, but the, the big three that always seem to be at the center of these conversations, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling – all came close. Kurt Schilling was the leading vote-getter at 71.1%, only 16 votes shy, and that's with 14 blank ballots. Let me just say, before we continue, if you submitted a blank ballot as some sort of protest, you ought to have that ballot taken away from you, and you are forbidden from ever voting for the Hall of Fame again. But all that's right. just me. Send a letter. Um, Mail a letter. Kurt, yes. So Schilling, who's, he and Bonds and Clemens are all coming up in their last year of eligibility – um, He put out a extremely long Facebook post. I will are not read all, read it? all I mean, to you. No, you God no. It? We only. I, I have to get I mean, up for work soon. But so you're not going to read. Basically, it. basically he said, "I'll read you this one part of it." I wanted to reiterate this final point. This is from Kurt Schilling's mm-hmm. War and Peace length Facebook post. I will not participate in the final year of voting. I am requesting to be removed from the ballot. I'll defer to the Veterans Committee and men whose opinions actually matter and who are in a position to actually judge a player. I don't think I'm a Hall of Famer, as I've often stated. Yeah, okay, let me just stop there and say, that's what they all say, is a way to look humble. I don't think I'm a Hall of Famer, as I've often stated, but if former players think I am, then I'll accept that honor. What a bag of shit comment that is, but that's not even the point. First of all, it's easy to say, take me off the ballot, if you're 0 for 9. It's not – I mean, I realize he's 16 votes away, but now is not the time. If he had said years ago, look, I don't want to be judged unfairly. I think the whole process is a sham. When he had a chance to get in, that's a whole different story.
0: whole different story. Maybe a movie. Maybe a Netflix series.
1: Maybe. Anyway, look. uh, First of all, by the way, next year, uh, A-Rod is up. He'll be on the first ballot next year for his first time on the ballot next year.
0: That'll be fun.
1: That'll be fun. They go go
0: everywhere together.
1: I have to say, though, this whole voting nobody in... um, By the way, uh, Bonds and Clemens also went up a little bit. Bonds 61.8%, Clemens 61.6%. They continue to incrementally rise up. They probably will not get in next year at this rate, but maybe the voters will take pity on them. I say, look, I'm happy. Actually, I I have mixed feelings. Let me not jump overboard here. On the good side, I think baseball not having anybody in this year shows, look, we have high standards. Nobody says that every year somebody has to be inducted. If you're not good enough, you're not good enough. I mean, other other sports, especially the Football Hall of Fame, seem to think you have to put people in even if they're mm, less than worthy. So on the one hand, if they said nobody's worthy. It's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of People with Really Great Careers. It's the Hall of Fame. It's, you're going to be in the same room with the aforementioned Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. And maybe the people on this list don't rise to that level. And hey, that's okay with me. What's not okay, though... Oh, and then their whole stance about, look, we're not going to let cheaters in. Okay. Here's what's not okay with me. First of all, the shilling backlash is not because of steroids it's because he's a first-class wacko and a right-wing extremist but last time i checked
0: very popular these days
1: yeah last time i checked that didn't violate the integrity of the sport the game his on-field performance none of that so if the hall of fame is saying you know we don't think it's politically correct to let him in then they should just shut down the hall of fame immediately and just say we're done with this hall of fame nonsense but as for the steroid issue, I've always found this to be the most hypocritical stance of baseball and the Hall of Fame. Because when Sosa and McGuire, at the height of the steroid era, were chasing the single season home run record, baseball turned a blind eye, literally To steroids, baseball said, "Eh, "Put fingers in our ears, bury our head in the sand. We don't want to know. Don't. We're not going to ask any questions." So my feeling has always been this: if you turn a blind eye towards something, even to something as nefarious as you know steroids and performance-enhancing drugs, you're essentially saying it's okay with us if you do it. If they didn't do anything about it, then they can't do anything about it now. Unfortunately.
0: There's there's difference between you need fans in the stands following these, you know, juices and right? players to hit balls out of park so they can max out their stadiums and fill the stories. But Fine. Going to the Hall of Fame? No
1: way. Hey, you can't you can't no, say we made it's the okay money off us. of you
0: guys already. You can't go in the Hall of Fame.
1: Well, they I mean it's it's a very one sided arrangement. Baseball got what they want and you can't stick the screws to the players oh, just f- because they they uh, they you participated in an activity that baseball was saying, hey, it's okay with us because it's making us money. You can't then come back around and say, no, 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 we don't like it. You
0: don't can't do own it. the team. You don't own the league.
1: You can't you do, do it. do what
0: we say. Give you lots of money, and then you go away.
1: It's great. And time. then this, this, And then the, their ridiculous stance against Pete Rose.
0: What's it, ridiculous? The whole thing. Oh, you know what? We're gonna, Now we got to stop, and we got to – we're losing time. Now you're, now you're going into Pete Rose territory? So we'll you going to tell no, me no. you think we'll the guy should be in the Hall of Fame? No,
1: no. We're going to save that. Is that what we got to the- do?
0: right? Because that's going to have to be a special show.
1: We're going to save that one. We'll, we'll save that one for later. I don't want to get you started. We'll save it for later. Like, you
0: think he should be in the Hall of Fame?
1: I'm going to move on. I don't want to. Oh, look, we have, that, that's a whole I show. I don't like you. <laughs> that's a whole different show. I
0: thought you held yourself to standards. He's a cheating crook. You want the cheating crook? In the Hall of Fame?
1: We don't have if – we, if we cancel the rest of the show, we can talk about this. I, am, I, I have some definite thoughts on Pete Rose. Look, there's going to come a time we have you know nothing what? to talk about. What? We'll break glass and talk about Pete Rose. I tell you what. Break glass in case of emergency.
0: Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, Football God. is going to end here in two weeks. We'll be, you know, flying towards the baseball season, and we will do a Pete Rose episode. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm all for give, it. And I tell you what, this will give you time to put your evidence together, and I will put my evidence together, and we will go to war.
1: And in fact, let me let me make this even more interactive. Hey, Hancho's listeners, you should tweet us your thoughts and see which side of the fence you fall on. As I mix my metaphors, at Bitter and Rage at Cuthbert Live at Go Sports Media. And me and Rob will collectively block those right. people who we don't agree with. Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to be blocked by us, just say something we don't like. Trust me. Um, uh, all right. So we'll I, say that. And, look- and, 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 and one more thing. Go ahead. Bonds and Clemens, before they went down the steroid path, especially Bonds. Bonds was the best player in baseball for five or six years before he went to San Francisco. If the Hall of Fame could somehow compartmentalize – I know they can't, but just hear me out and say, look, what you did in the first part of your career, same thing with Clemens. Clemens was, was probably the American League's best pitcher for five to ten years before he left Boston. I should say before he was run out of town in Boston. Their credentials alone before they went to the steroid use would have gotten them into the Hall of Fame. You can't erase the non-cheating years. I just wish the Hall of Fame could somehow compartmentalize that, but – you know, that's just pie in the sky thinking. So,
0: by the way, um, yes, sir, no good. I'll let Clemens in Thanks. champ. Of well, of eggs.
1: course, you will because you're a Yankee champ fan. The no, sure, Come on, baby. No, you're a I mean, bomber. You're, you're in. <laughs> no, I don't think it works that <laughs> See, way. See, that's
0: either. the problem with P. Rose. I might even get him some sort of consideration if he had to play for the Yankees, but he didn't, so he's out. All right, last <laughs> couple of things. And, uh, you know, maybe next week this will officially happen here. But as far as uh, hot stove here, the uh, the Phillies are keeping uh, JT. Uh, how do you say his name there? Real Muto. Real Muto. So, Five the years, offensive 115 large. Woo! Baseball, yeah. as I said last week, is making bank. And they and don't the... even have fans in the stands, not even playing right now. Um, and we we'll, we'll, we love our meet. The Mets segment here, but it hasn't happened yet. But there is a big offer on the table uh, to the pitcher uh, Trevor Bauer. Okay. But if it happens and the Metsies get him, we're going to do a big feature on another big signing by the amazing Mets.
1: I will, I will tell you the NL East is becoming, uh, on paper anyway, obviously won't know anything until the games begin, but it's going to becoming the most cutthroat, dangerous competitive division in baseball. Every team is improving itself, and you can't even say, well, at least we got the Marlins to beat up on because they proved last year no matter who we play with, even if our whole team is out because of COVID, we're going to still make some noise. So fans of the NL East, get ready. Get ready. It's going to be a good season.
0: All right. Uh, I think we covered all that, so it's time to go. It's gridiron, baby. National mediocrity league is coming to an end. We got one game left, baby. Tom Brady is still the best in the world. It's still the greatest
1: world, of all time.
0: 10th World Championship Super Bowl game. He's heading in there, and he doesn't have his buddy Bill Belichick riding his coattails. Last
1: I week, will tell you next week we will we will have our Super Bowl preview on the next show because the Sunday. This Sunday is a, a nothing burger. It's a, it's a, a it's weekend. It's not a to,
0: nothing burger. The Chiefs beat the Bills. 38-24. No, no. this,
1: this weekend coming Buccaneers,
0: up. Buccaneers, Tom Brady's Buccaneers, and Gronkowski, baby. Going
1: this back weekend, and to beating
0: the Packers this, in the cold field in Lambeau in the cold Wisconsin no. air.
1: There you go. Last weekend wasn't a nothing burger. This coming weekend is a nothing burger. That's what I'm saying. Last weekend was great. Well, the first game was great. The, the Chiefs, I mean, the uh, the Packers-Bucks
0: games was I want great.
1: A I want a cheeseburger right now. What'd you a think, Chiefs. buddy?
0: Recap those two games for me, buddy.
1: Well, I'll look, uh, the second game, I'm going to go the second game first. The Chiefs-Bills game, uh, first of all, was kind of a snoozer because the Chiefs, I mean, yes, they were down 9 nothing at one point, but then they woke up.
0: 46 um, interceptions.
1: It's... It's look it, what more here's what you can say the Chiefs they've been there they're the better team they're the most dangerous team in football period The Bills great team young team uh the Bills and Josh Allen just not quite ready for the biggest stage they've been on not quite ready for prime time as the cliche goes The Bills will be back They'll be back for, for years they no, they, uh, they improved um, that running game a bit quiet you they improved that running yeah, game a new bit head coach it's all – Sure, and uh, we're going to see them again. But the Lions the real head, new head coach. Oh, it's over. Here's what the Bills did wrong that I hope the Bucks uh, don't do, and we'll get more into this next week. But you've got two uncoverable weapons in Kansas City in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and the Bills tried to cover them both. Unfortunately, when you play Kansas City, you got to say we're going to let one of you beat us, but not both. So Kelsey, if we're going to focus on Kelsey, we'll let Tyreek Hill run wild. If we're going to focus on Hill, we'll let Travis Kelsey run wild. The Bills try to do both, and they got burned. You know, it's just the, when the Chiefs want to play, when they wake up and say, we want to play, they play. You know, when a team gets up on them, last year in the playoffs, almost every game they were down by, you know, double digits in the beginning. And then they wake up and say, oh, yeah, we're the Chiefs. So when the Bills were at 9 nothing over the Chiefs, I was like, mm, it's over. <laughs> the Bills are done because the Chiefs are going to wake up. Um, but the first game, the Rogers and Brady Bowl was a spectacular game, even though at one point, ironically, the Patriots were up 28 to three and or 28 to 10. And everyone thought, hey, it's just like the Super Bowl where they came back from down 28, uh, three against Atlanta would Brady and the Bucks choked this one away the way the Falcons did. Obviously, they did not. Um, It's—I will tell you that that game, the first game, the star of that game was the Tampa Bay defense. The Tampa Bay defense looked fast and powerful and just brutal against the run, against the pass. They were the only team that was able to get to Aaron Rodgers. They forced turnovers on a Green Bay team that is notorious for not giving the ball up. Um, Somehow that vaunted Packer offense disappeared when they were in the red zone. And we can talk about some questionable coaching decisions. Um, But I don't think – people always say, well, this team came to win. That team didn't come to play. They both came to play and they both came to win. It's just Rodgers was off. On Sunday.
0: And got you robbed know, there was... on a few non-calls, by the way, as well.
1: Now, yes, there were some very questionable calls. In fact, the way the game was going, there were no penalties called in the first half. And at some point, when the penalties start to become... I understand the refs wanted to let the players decide, but at some point in that game, they were like, mm, we got to start calling some stuff because some of this is too obvious. But there was one play on, on late in the game down by less than a touchdown or down by eight points, third and or yeah, down by five, eight, whatever it was third and goal from the eight yard line with miles of real estate in front of him. And Rogers decides to throw the ball instead of running, which if he didn't get the touchdown, it would have gotten them to say a yard or two from the goal line, which brings us to the two questionable calls by coach Matt LaFleur. If you're going to blame anyone on the Packers for this loss, you can put on Rodgers' shoulders and on the coach. So there's two questionable decisions. I won't even talk about the touchdown at the end of the first half. That looked like something the New York Jets did that got Greg Williams fired. But in the second half, there are two questionable calls. Okay, There's the fourth and goal that I just referred to where they decide to go for a field goal. Okay, and then earlier in the game, going for two points when they're down by five, going for the two-point conversion instead of just settling for extra point um i disagree with the two-point play i i I don't know why you in a playoff game with a team where both teams are playing well and and going for broke take points when there are points out there to get if they're on the table you take them too early in the game for the two-point conversion the field goal however uh I'm okay with that. Look, you know me. I defend the defenseless on this show. I defend bad decisions on this show. The Packers, the way the Bucs were playing in the second half, the Buccaneers' offense, they had pretty much stalled out. They, they were wasting first downs by running Fournette or running Jones and getting negative yards, no yards or one yard. They had pretty much slowed to a halt. Most of their points are scored in the first half. At this point in the game, with the Packers still in it, and you're looking at fourth and eight, and you know your defense has been holding Tampa Bay in the second half, Brady threw three interceptions, one of which wasn't his fault, two of which were mo- might as well have been punts. Them. Three interceptions and a half for Brady. I mean, he, maybe he really is he, mortal, but not really.
0: It's, like, a, I don't it's just, like in the movie The Incredibles at the end of the movie and they tell Dash, don't run fast, yeah. come in second. You know, he's teasing them. You know what I'm saying?
1: I don't, I don't have as again – you want to go for a field goal and put some points on the board, knowing that you've been holding the Bucks' offense, especially in the fourth quarter. You're going to get the ball back and go down for a, a game-winning touchdown. I'm okay with that. I know he's. I know Lafleur is getting killed, especially in Wisconsin, for not going for it on fourth and eight. Which, by the way, he would have had Rodgers, as I said before, on third and eight. I mean, there was you and I could have gotten three or four yards. There's that much real estate. He at least would have gotten closer to the goal line. And then it wouldn't have been a decision. You certainly go for it. But fourth and eight, you got the you've stalled out the Bucks' offense. Take the field goal. Put your defense back on the field. Get the ball back. I think you got a pretty good one there. in Aaron Rodgers, if you need if you want anyone to lead you down the field to a game winning score, the two quarterbacks you want, two of the three quarterbacks you want, were on the same field on Sunday. So I don't have as much of a problem with what Lafleur did. But the game came down to the Buccaneers' defense. Something I hope the Buccaneers, whatever game plan they had for the Packers, run a similar game plan with a slightly better running game uh, if they want to stay in the game with the Chiefs. Right now, the the Chiefs are a three to three and a half point favorite. But, you know, more on that next week in our big Super Bowl preview show.
0: Well, you know, we're not going to do any predictions here tonight, but let me ask you this. Does it have the makings of a good game?
1: Anytime you got Tom Brady, it's it's. I think it does. I think it should be a very good game. Um, I don't think it's going to be something where the Chiefs the run NFL. out to a twenty-one nothing, a twenty-one nothing lead, and you're like, "We're the nachos." I'm going home at halftime.
0: Well, I mean, so. there's a big marketing part here of the the Super Bowl, and it's it's amazing. I don't know if we'll get to it tonight, but obviously, some advertising changes this year with uh, the Super Bowl, and obviously. Uh, not a full stadium here, obviously, at the Super Bowl and, and uniqueness of Tampa Bay actually playing home, home game. I think the first NFL team to yep, ever play first, home.
1: Yep. First but, Super Bowl with the home team.
0: You know, you have your defending Super Bowl champion, your young kid Mahomes, um, the Chiefs, that whole story. They go right back. And then if you, you took every other NFC team, I don't care what you say, the sexiest matchup that you want is the fact that Tom Brady is on this team, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, playing in this Super Bowl. If you take Tom out of it, and I know we've talked about this too, uh, you know, we've had enough of Tom and all these years, and we've also talked in the past about, you know, if somebody's up there on the championship perch, you got to knock him off. You know, he's still the best until you knock him off. But could you imagine Kansas City versus, is it as sexy as them playing Breeze and the Saints? Is it no. as sexy as playing, you know, uh, the Rams? Or any other team in the N- N- NFC. No, you
1: know? it's filled with stories. They got
0: lines. the Just... two teams that they want. Yep. Buffalo would have been a great story. There's no doubt about it if Buffalo gets in there. That, that would yep. have definitely run parallel with them having either. They probably sit in their Chiefs, Bills will take them, obviously. But man, you, you got to defend the defending champs and you got the most winningest quarterback in the NFL. Right there, yeah. with Tom Brady,
1: and you—you you have you know the storyline of the of the passing of the baton, the changing of the guard from yeah. Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, it's going to milk this for. Two of course, they are. Oh, it's, it's, buddy. Oh, the NFL it's be couldn't be happier. There's so many things to talk about. You got two of the oldest coaches in the league, uh, Arians at 68 and Reed at 62. Um, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's. I mean, where do you begin? I just I mean, when you, by the time you start talking about the X's and O's, what's happening on the field, you're way down the list of things to talk about. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be talking about the Bill Belichick angle and, you know, who won that mythic, that mythical battle between Belichick and Brady uh, for who's going to have more success without the other. It's 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 the NFL couldn't have asked. I mean, it would have been. A good game if Green Bay was in there, but you know they it wouldn't have as been ex- as Tom exciting. And Giselle, no, they, baby. And the, the only thing, the only thing, oh Gronk too. The only thing <laughs> they're going to be missing, they're missing out on is is they're not going to have any of the, you know, the the usual Super Bowl hype and the media sessions where they all crowd around and they ask questions and they and do the pre- I mean, All of that's going to that be virtually. Anyway.
0: Are you? Are you, are you you're I'm really saying watching that shit.
1: But they would have – that would have been great to see Grant there and Brady and Mahomes and and, the, and asking all the ridiculous questions Grant and, and having the story. have done
0: that. They get a little break this year.
1: Yeah, everything, all that's going to be – Back again. Ris- yep. Welcome back, Carter. And, and here's the thing. Here's the scariest part. This is not some Drew Brees-like last run to a title. This is – I mean, you look at Brady. He's – yes, he's 43. He's slowed down a – bit, but he still, he was great during the playoffs, and it doesn't show any signs of slowing down. In fact, next year after a full offseason and getting to know each other better and working on their chemistry and putting some stickum on Chris Godwin's hands so he doesn't keep dropping all those passes, look out. Look oh, out indeed. for them again. It's not like Brady's never coming back. We'll probably see him again, another a force in the playoffs next year. It, it's going to give people in the old in the afc east fits because they thought oh, well we're rid of this guy finally he's out yeah now he's in the nfc now instead of facing him in the playoffs he'll face him in the super bowl
0: how about that huh. all right look we'll talk more about the big game next week yeah um you got a couple more little items here uh, excuse me a couple of more little items on the NFL before we uh, start breaking away, because I know we have an NFL item. It's been told to me by producers that NFL might be part of the, uh, the dope of the week here today too. So uh, a couple more things that you got here real quick. We can wrap up so we can move into uh, one or two small items before we uh, head toward the end of this
1: show. Um, yeah. I, you know what? Um, there's a couple of things that I can probably save, but I did want to say, um, just going back to the. You wanted to say welcome,
0: Tampa to the New thing. York Jets, Mr. Robinson. That's what you want. Yeah, we're
1: him. gonna we're gonna get to the the coaches next week. I think, because I want to spend some time on that. Um, okay. Philip Rivers retired. I do want to mention that. You're gonna miss him. Buddy? And the I hey I certainly will. I liked, always liked Philip Rivers. He ever I think won he, a championship. No, I think no, he exactly. retired. <laughs> I think he retired. <laughs> yeah. Dan Marino never won a championship. The guy, he the the legend in San Diego that he well he didn't replace him. There were years later, but another San Diego legend, Dan Fouts, never won a Super Don't Bowl. You see, and
0: no, he did in my mind.
1: He's he in the in Super. He's in Don't the Hall of Fame. Look, about Dan first of all, Philip Rivers, Frank Reich, the coach of the Colts, wanted him back. He had a he had a good season. It wasn't like again a breeze situation where the arm had fallen off. But he mm-hmm. wants to go and coach high school football back in his home home in Alabama. So good you know, time. I say. He's Guy tired, Gesund. Of losing. He's tired of losing. But the questions have come up. You know, is he a Hall of Famer? Now, one thing that's going to work against him is he's going to be in the same... I know it's not official, but he's going to be in the same Hall of Fame class, uh, at least eligibility-wise, as Drew Brees. So I, I don't know if they're going to put Brees and Rivers in at the same time, because Brees is certainly, credential-wise, way above. But there's no doubt in my mind if... Dan Fouts, and it's funny, it's on the same team. If Dan Fouts is a Hall of Famer, that Philip Rivers shouldn't be one. Dan Fouts, now, he didn't have the yards, didn't have quite the prolific stats, but Fouts played in a time when the NFL was not nearly as pass-happy. When he threw for 4,000 yards, first of all, he led the league in passing from 79 to 82. The only reason he didn't throw for 4,000 yards in 82 is because they only played nine games. But he threw for, he threw for over 4,000 yards that time when throwing for over 3,000 was unheard of. So I understand there's a difference. You can't just go by the stats. But he's a guy who you know, made some epic playoff runs, went to seven playoff games. Rivers went to 12, but never got to the big game. He had star players playing with him. So did Phillip Rivers. So I think if you're going to make the case for Fouts, which I, abs- I would every day and twice on Sunday – you got to make the case for Philip Rivers. Maybe not as a first ballot. Certainly in the Hall of Fame. He's in the top 5 of all the important categories. But boring. but the thing that hurts him is it's a, it's a it's a pass first league now. As was, you know, Jason four of CBS Sports said, Rivers is fifth career all-time in uh, passer rating. You know who's sixth? Is Kirk Cousins. Now I love Kirk Cousins. He's you not a Hall a of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. And he, I don't know that he'll ever will be. But he's up there because it's a, the game has evolved to the point where if you're not throwing for 3,000 yards, something must be wrong with you. So some of his numbers are going to come back to haunt him. But he still was one of the best in the game. And he proved it leaving San Diego, now Los Angeles, going to Indianapolis, and leading them to the playoffs. Having another good year. He's retiring because he's had enough. Not because he can't play anymore. So it, he had that weird sidearm throwing style that you thought was going to be intercepted every time. And he still managed to throw a lot more touchdowns than he did interceptions. So again, if Dan Fouts is going to be in the hall of fame, which he is, and he deserves to be there. So too should Philip Rivers. So ah,
0: that's, that's,
1: there you go. In the, in the there you go. Come on. And that concludes the NFL round table.
0: Yes, and we will uh, include the Super Bowl Sunday plus COVID edition as well next week. Yep. we got all kinds of Super Bowl stuff that we can save until next week. Um, so where should we go now? Uh... Oh! What's that, Rob?
1: Hey, is that what? Nigel I hear? <laughs> what? Did you... What's that noise? Here, it sounds like singing. Well, there he is.
0: about you, Yanks? Talk about football. Or what you guys call it, soccer. All right, Naji, you get your wish this week because we didn't do it last week. So real quick, what I'm going to do is just run down to the top four and six of the top, uh, you know, Premier Leagues in the world. All right, my Manchester United lost today to Sheffield United, and we are—I am officially convinced that they hate their fans. Manchester City is shotting up to uh, first place. Man, U in second. Leicester-Sitter is third, and West Ham is in fourth. That's the Premier League in England. In Spain, in La Liga, Atletico Madrid uh, is the top of the league with 47 points. Real Madrid right behind them in second at 40. And then following it a little distance and 10 points back is uh, FC Barcelona, FC Barca. And then Sevilla is right behind them there in fourth at 36. In the Bundesliga! Oh, one of my favorite words in the world Bayern Munich is top of the group, uh, top of the table right now at forty-two points. RB Leipzig at uh, thirty-five. Uh, Leverkusen at th- uh, third place, and Wolfsburg. If you say it with a German accent, man; it sounds really cool. Wolfsburg's probably got to be a great beer somewhere too. Uh, rounding out fourth place in the Bundesliga. In the French league, Paris Saint Germain is in first. Uh, Lille is in second. Lyon in third. Monaco. Rob, have you ever been to Monaco? I want you to take me to Monaco. I want to go.
1: It looks beautiful. Never been.
0: All right. Italia. Milan is at the top of the table at 43. Into Milan, 41 in second. Roma, 37. And uh, Juventus at 36. And up there in Scotland. You got the Rangers at 72. Celtic or Celtic, depending on how you prefer to say it, is in second place. Aberdeen in third. And Hibernian at 40. Now, we are pretty much, uh, most of the, these leagues have played about 20 to 30 games. So, there you go. They're rocking and rolling in soccer. And a little, another little note here is two former Manchester United players, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and uh, Lukaku. Oh, my God.
1: I'm sorry. They had what a little spat that? in a game. Yeah. What was that last exactly. name?
0: Exactly. Anyway, two former play Man United. They had a little fight on the field the other day in, uh, in a derby. Uh, between their two leagues, there and uh, but they're made up. It's okay, but oh. some little soccer drama, soccer drama there for you, um, Rob. That I did, will, I will send you the email and the full thank story. You. You'll read it in depth. They said some really bad things to each other on the field. They got forehead to forehead. There's pictures, everything because I know you love the drama of football players. Did I?
1: Did I miss the update on the Scotch tapes? I don't know. I, I thought I heard Scotland.
0: No, yeah, the Scottish Premier League. <laughs> It's, okay. That has nobody named Scotch Tape. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. All right. So, uh, with that said, um, we're heading towards the, uh, the home stretch here, buddy. Uh, I know you wanted to acknowledge, and I'm, I guess we could real quick is just acknowledge uh, Larry King in the media, news, interviews, all that stuff. I'll give you a couple of seconds to say a few words on Larry King, who I used to watch a lot on the old CNN. I can't watch CNN now. Yeah. I think it's I- crazy talk. But go
1: ahead. Uh, you know, Larry King, 87. I mean, in the, in the midst of all of the uh, uh, Henry Aaron tributes, Larry King had the misfortune of dying at the same time, not nearly the star and celebrity as Henry Aaron, but still, uh, 87 years old, still uh, still working, still a hell of an interviewer. Well, not working now, obviously, still a hell of an interviewer. He had some. I had some, that out. Some uh, <laughs> rather widely celebrated gaffes, like when he asked uh, the famous exchange with Jerry Seinfeld uh, about his show in which Larry was not aware that uh, the show was as big as it was and that it, it had already gone off the air. Some such, I don't remember the exact nature of it, but I do know that Jerry pretty much embarrassed him and panted him on CNN because Larry was completely out of touch uh, with Seinfeld. And this was years and years ago, not recently. Also notorious for marrying much younger Women, light um, uh, devil he was. But when you get past all of that, um, as an he, as an interviewer, as someone who made guests feel comfortable at a time when CNN was far less politicized than it is now, um, there was nobody better. His show at night was after dinner, you know, as you're winding down your evening to see who Larry King. Uh, is going to interview and he got all the big names and people opened up to him like they wouldn't open up to uh, other interviewers. And he was a radio guy. He used to do these these radio marathons where he would stay on the air for hours straight um, for a good cause. He was an overnight news guy on the Mutual of Omaha Broadcasting Network um, for years. So his media credentials are you know, not to be trifled with. Um, Farewell, Larry. Yeah, I Farewell. mean, there's, there's never going to be another one like him.
0: Farewell to the king. <laughs> you hey, like that, huh?
1: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice. I love it.
0: All right. Nice. little... So uh...
1: rest in peace, Larry. There you go. All
0: right, buddy. So uh, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap things up here with the dope of the week, but we're, we're going against. Usually, I press the button, and here it is. But I think we got a little. A little pre-dope of the week kind of meeting. What am I, what am I doing here? Do you tell me how I'm supposed to do this?
1: Okay, so I'm gonna we'll do the regular, you know, intro, and there's a point in here where I do my during my rundown of the dope oh, of the week where I'll say. Then you're gonna play. We oh, got a I video see, clip. See, you didn't
0: put that in the notes. You didn't put that in the notes. Sorry. Now the meeting. God, we have so many meetings on the show. It's just, uh, it's frustrating. But now it's time. Oh!
1: Dope of, of the week. week. Dope of the week.
2: That's awesome, dude.
1: Hey, everybody. As you know, the Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Go Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward save for our undying respect, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag D O T W on Twitter. At Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Go Sports Media Company. Any one of those will work. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Why? It's going back to a familiar refrain, NFL coaches. It's Dan Campbell, new coach of the Detroit Lions. Way to go, Dan! Campbell, the former tight ends coach for the New Orleans Saints and one-time interim coach for the Miami Dolphins, was named head coach of the Detroit Lions on January 20th, 2021. He was given a six-year contract after a sparkling 5-7 and seven record as coach of the Dolphins in 2015. Yikes. That's, by the way, kids, that is more years of faith by the Lions than actual wins on the part of Campbell. Campbell, a football lifer, as player and assistant coach in the NFL, looks like he stepped right out of central casting. He is a total jock meathead, the kind of high school kid that would gladly give you an atomic wedgie, a lemon or, God forbid, a chocolate swirly, and then finish the day by stuffing you in your locker. He may not be the world's greatest coach, and he may flame out with the Lions, although the bar for success is extremely low in Detroit, but he has already won the press conference Super Bowl. Now, was Campbell the Portrait of Grace pontificating about strategy and inspiring the dozens of remaining Lions fans with promises of victories and parades through downtown Detroit Rock City? Why no? No, he was not. Instead, Campbell introduced himself to Lions Nation with a performance that sounded as if it were scripted by someone uh, writing a comedy about football coaches with Campbell as the star. I cannot do the speech justice the rambling hour-long train wreck of doubles talk and coach speak, so I will play a small snippet. And to help you play along at home, I will point out each, each and every cliche that Campbell puts into the aether. So hit it, Mr. Cuthbert.
2: Games. Um, all right, so let me go back. Let me start here again. I wanted this job bad because I felt like I knew this community I played here. All right, here's what I know. Just as an overall philosophy, you're going to say, well, what's this team going to be? What's it not going to be? Here's what I know. All right. I know that Detroit's made up of great people, some really good people. All right. This community is strong. Um, This place has been kicked. It's been batted. It's been bruised. And I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't. uh, None of that matters. And you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit. So excuse my language. All right. Here's what I do know, is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And the city's been been down and it found a way to get up, all right? It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity, all right? And so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to Stop. smile at you. And when you knock us down. We're going to learn that any loss that we take, we're going to make sure we feel the full pain of it and not go numb to it and learn from it and not to want to taste it again. All right, we're going to be competitive every game.
1: I can't shut up, dad. Up here and guarantee when wow. And- I think I think I broke my bell, You know, oh, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Maybe maybe Bill Belichick had it right. Less is more when it comes to making speeches. Talking, <laughs> Can you imagine The look on the faces of owner Sheila Ford Hamp and new GM Brad Holmes after that speech, they were probably on the phone with the team lawyers figuring out how to get out of this deal. So, Dan Campbell, for proving once again there is no moment too big for a string of hollow cliches, for instilling buyer's remorse from the Lions organization after an hour on the job, and for threatening the kneecaps of every American, you are the sports honcho's dope of the week. Congrats, Dan. The certificate is in the mail. And please don't tell him that I said those things because he's a big, scary man. Uh, I'm going to find the right staff. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to find the staff
2: that's not loaded with uh, just a bunch of of people that uh, look good on paper. Uh, Man, I'm scouring. (laughs) Way to go, Dan!
1: (laughs) Fantastic.
2: Shut the fuck up!
1: He's still talking. Ah!
2: Ah! (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Ah! can't take it
0: exactly what I said <laughs> shut up Sean, Sean. oh god good thing he wasn't going to give tried. us any coach speak. good luck boys. oh my good thing. god
1: good thing he promised no more coach speak huh <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh it's horrible oh buddy that's classic stuff man <laughs> oh man what a way to go out all right pal another great show i chose in the books come back next week
1: Special guest oh, host Dan shut Campbell up,
0: Campbell! And I know
2: you that way as a staff. <laughs> Alright. <talking>. <laughs> this opportunity was was given to me.
0: For oh. um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Manscaped. Follow at Sports Hot Shows. And for yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. Good evening. Have a great week. And as always, Mr. Cutie. Say good even to the folks. Shut up, Dan!
1: And uh, thank you to Dan Campbell, as always, and to Manscaped, and to you. Remember, listen, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. We love you. We wouldn't do this without you. And peace.
2: Pancho's right. uh, out! He did. We had a lot Shut of up, Campbell! Contacts, and I didn't hear one bad word about Brad. And I've been in contact with him for, for a while.